Well, good morning, everyone. It's nice to have you here. I hope that you're excited about being here. And if you're online, it's true. Television has 10 pounds. Anyway, we're so glad that you're here today. <laughs> that and the pizza I had yesterday, probably. So anyway, we're so glad that you're with us today. And uh, if you're viewing, we're, we're especially thankful. And uh, we're just glad that you could be a part. We're continuing our series on putting God first. And today we're going to, uh, we're going to be looking at what God has for us when it comes to uh, earning a living, saving as much as we can, and then giving as much as we can. Charles Wesley, the founder of Methodism, gave us these three directives when he said, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. <clears throat> Not quite 50 years ago now, I was, uh, I was in college, and there was a speaker who came, and he shared a story about giving living. And uh, it totally changed my perspective on life. At, at 19 or 20 years old, it was, uh, it was pretty amazing. And uh, in this series, in this lesson today, is kind of focused a little bit about that. Our scripture reading for today is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 12. It says this, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. I love that statement. You have to decide in your heart. And don't give reluctantly or response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For, the, for God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he provides the increase of your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you will always be generous. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So, two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thankfulness to God. You see, we are the channels of blessing to, in the world. We are the instrument that God wants to use to bless our world. And, um, and so, as, Charles, as John Wesley said, earn all you can, give all you can, and share all you can. Let's look at those three principles and how this scripture actually focuses on them. In verse 10, it says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. See, God provides the seed. He doesn't print money. God provides the seed, but we've got to work the soil. We've got to be the one that do the work. Last week, we heard Pastor Ricky talk about work is something that God designed us to do. 
People even believe that when we get to heaven, we're going to work. Now, I, don't, I hope I don't have to work like my grandpas did. My grandpa and my uncle uh, up in the Catskill Mountains used to log trees out of their farm. And these are big trees. And they used to cut them with axes and craw- uh, those, those two-man saw things. And then they'd haul them out of the mountains with horses. <laughs> Not me. I'm so thankful that our technology has brought us far better than that. And then think about the farmers as we think about, you know, the farmers back in the day. They had a plow and maybe oxen or horses or mules that would pull a one or two bottom plow and do fields like that. Today, now we walk in, we, press, we, we drive our tractors into the field. The field is scanned by the GPS. The GPS will tell you exactly the best way to plow and to plant so that you will have the most success. But it's still, somebody's got to sit in the tractor. That's the work. And although maybe our work has gotten easier, God asks us to work, and work is a part of that. I can't imagine how tough it was back in the day when people had to do what they did, but but to, to earn all you can, you have to plant the most that you possibly can. And so in verse 6, it says, farmer, the farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but those who plant generously will get a generous crop. As the, seeds provide, you will, you, as the seed is provided by God, we need to plant even more of it. If we're reluctant to plant, our harvest is smaller. If we are generous in our planting... Well, God blesses that. This principle can also be tested in several different areas of our lives. It's not just, it's not just, um, just in finances. It's in every area of our life. If we plant kindness, we reap kindness. If we plant, if we plant forgiveness, we receive forgiveness. As we do these things, this is, and, and is, if we plant the fruits of the Spirit that we just studied about in our series previous of this, you receive the fruits of the Spirit if you plant those. Gentleness, kindness, faithfulness. In Luke 4, uh, in Luke 12, verse 48 said, when someone has been given much, much has been required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. We are truly a blessed people. We are truly a blessed nation. Um, We have 60% of all the world's wealth here in the United States and only 6% of the world's population. We're truly blessed. God has blessed us so that we in turn can be that channel that God uses to bless others. So we need to earn as much as we can. Not, so, not to the point like that some people become workaholics and all those things, but there needs to be a balance in everything we do. Isn't that true? Amen. And so giving and earning is a part of that. But John Wesley goes on, and so does our scripture. It says, save all you can. For God is the one who provides the seed and the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide the increase 
of your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity for you. See, God is the one that provides a seed, but he also in the same way provides an increase in our resources so that we can and truly bless others. In an agricultural society, you can't eat everything you make. You can't eat everything you make. Because if you do, the wheat that you planted that you ground up into bread, now you have no seed for next year. As many of you know, we have a missionary in uh, Malawi, Africa. And it's a ministry called Seeds of Promise. So I talked to McLean via email. There was supposed to be a video, but we couldn't get it to work out. Um, but he sent me an email and he said this. Pastor Gil. I'm not going to read it like that. <laughs> you ask about my seeds for next year's planting. Well, that depends on which type of crop we cultivate. I keep some of my sweet potato runners, which is the, the form of a seed, to replant next year. I will definitely keep some beans for seeds as we just started growing them this year. For corn, corn I give our harvest to Youth Cares, which is one of our ministries with the orphanages and the school. I give some to them, and I... And I also feed some of the 300 kids in our outreach programs. And, I, and, and here's what I usually do. I usually take donor money to purchase any new corn seed. So they take money that you give for Seeds of Promise so that he can buy new seed. I believe in this principle, Pastor Gill, that God gives us, pro, uh, gives us produce as bread food and seed for sowing if we treat all that God has given us as bread food then where do we get our next seed for sowing seed has the reproducing power so we see that in this we see that seeds of promise and, and their ministry they can't eat everything they save some of their seed for next year. And, and so we have to understand that we cannot spend more than we earn. In 2005, for the very first time in American history, Americans spent $1.22 for every dollar they earned. Because of this type of spending, it generated a great debt. All of us, and, and, and created a great debt in all of us. When we have a large amount of debt, our focus can't be on giving. It has to be on paying the debt off. We, and, and when we do, it undermines our harvest. We can't save if we are in debt. Another example of the story is Joseph. Remember Joseph? There was, he had a vision, and in seven years there was going to be a feast. You're going to have more crops than you know what to do with and famine so what's Joseph do he makes a plan he saves and stores up because he knows in seven more years there's going to be this famine and in doing so and be obedient and being obedient to God you know what happens he saves his people he saves his family the Egyptians are all blessed so we see all of that happen because he was smart and he had a plan and there was um, and so if we simply save, 
during these times of good times, then we won't struggle as much when famine comes. Proverbs 21.20 says, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but, but fools gulp theirs down. So you see, there's a, there's a fine line between there's a fine line between saving and becoming an abuser, a glutton, or a hoarder. You know, save, but we can't hoard. We can't keep it all to ourselves. Do you know anyone that's a hoarder? No, I'm not talking about people that save stuff and, and put stuff away, but have you, have, you seen, have you ever seen that show, Hoarders? That is a scary show. I, I had to turn it off. It was like I was shaking so much. Like, I walked in, and listen, I'm not the best housekeeper in the world. I'll admit that. But oh my goodness. And and you know, they're just afraid to, they're just afraid to throw anything away because it might be of value sometime. They keep everything in hopes that that's what it's going to be, but what they do is they actually bury themselves and they're alive in their own collection. I saw one show where a lady was keeping leftover food in her bed and there were maggots and she slept with them. At that point I shut off the television and I realized that this show was not for me. (laughs) I didn't want to watch it anymore. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a famous German Christian said this, Earthly goods are given to be used, not to be collected. Hoarding is an idolatry. We only need to save a little bit by little bit for our savings to grow. Saving is biblical and debt is not biblical. I've asked Doug Sigfus to come and just share with us a little bit about his life with, um, uh, with this idea that he, he is uh, the director for us for financial peace. And uh, Doug, let me ask you this. <laughs> uh, where does your passion for fi- uh, financial peace come from? Where, where do you get that passion? Uh, as in many people's cases, it comes from childhood. Uh, when I was growing up, we did pretty well as a family until um, I was around eight years old. Um, kind of lost everything. We started to struggle. We struggled for a long time. Like the can't pay the bills, going to lose the house type of struggle. Mm. Um, and then uh, my dad discovered financial peace a little more than a decade ago. We started leading it at the church I grew up in. And he realized that he taught us how to manage money completely wrong. Uh, and so he gifted us memberships to, to all of us. And uh, I, I started to changed the way we lived our life. So how did it help you? How did financial peace uh, give you peace? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh, we took the course and we adapted um, uh, living on a budget, living within our means, paying off debt um, and saving. And we realized where our priorities needed to lie and, and we organized our life that way. So giving and saving needs to be at the top. Um, otherwise, it always ends up at the bottom. So if you, if you set up your life and you take your income and you, you give 10 and you save 10 or save more, 
um, and then you live within your means, everything underneath that. And it really does provide a peace and an understanding that that's how you live within your means and that's how you can, can really impact the world. Because uh, less than 5% of evangelical Christians tithe. Mm -hmm. And it's because we all have it backwards. Um, we, we, we give whatever we have that remains. So let me ask you this. Why do you think God wants us to give? God is a giver. Um, we're made in his image. And he gave his only son for our lives and for our sin. And the more we adapt that and understand that we're made in his image, we break down that selfishness of who we are or just human nature. Mm -hmm. um, and you get a little bit closer to God and you become more and more like God when you give. Well, thanks, Doug. I appreciate it very much. Let's give Doug a hand. The point of earning all you can and saving all you can is so that you can give all you can. I've, I was, for me, it was very fortunate. I grew up in a Christian home, and um, my dad, from very on, uh, early on, taught us the importance of tithing, 10%. That may be seem like a lot to some people, but you know, for back then, it was if I if I worked three dollars an hour, it was thirty cents. I thought that was okay, but. Um, you know, so early on I was taught the principle. I was taught the principle to give as much as I could. And we have to understand that the first 10% is his anyway. In verse 11 it says this, yes, he will enrich you in every way so that you can always be generous. And then, and when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Generosity is God's design for wealth. I've truly enjoyed my little red truck. I don't know if you see it on Facebook, but my little red truck's been a really cool blessing. And this church has been overwhelmingly kind with donating to Preston's Pantry during the pandemic. Our church has been amazing. Last, last week, we finished a boot drive for uh, a ministry, uh, the table ministry in, um, in Kensington, Philadelphia. I don't know if you've ever been to Kensington, but that is not a good place. A place of a lot of hurting people. And when we arrived with those boots, it was like you would have thought we gave them a million dollars. And then just to see the people on the streets that were hurting, and we came around the corner as we were pulling up to the storage facility, the storage house. And there's this lady, very pretty, long hair, very, very pretty, just crying out in, like, right on the sidewalk, just crying. And it takes a very special farmer to farm those grounds, to sow into people. So you see, we can't, we can't dam up our resources. 
we have to rather channel them with God's blessing. You know, with God's blessing and he will make that flow. Our generosity impacts those that receive from God. You know, a, a great farmer illustration of this is beavers. <laughs> I know. Beavers on a ranch are like a thorn in the flesh <laughs> because they dam up everything and they do it for their comfort. They do it for their comfort. They don't think about the livestock or that are down the stream. They don't, they don't think about the farmer who's trying to graze his cattle. You know, so they just hoard that damn everything up and it contains it so that they have safety. But we are God's bank in this world. Studies have shown that if we give and if we sow seeds, we will see that we live a healthier life. We live in a more enjoyable life. And I'm not just talking about finances. It's more blessed to give than receive. Jesus said that. And we're not sowing just seeds of finances, but we can seeds our talents, our gifts, resources. Channel them for God's blessing to this world. Work not just for our own income, but for God's outcome. We need to find that balance in everything we do, in every area of our lives, so that God will give us what we need to give so that we can in turn give to others. You heard Doug talk about tithe, 10%. Now I know some of you that seems unrealistic of your income, but, but that's really all taught through the whole scripture that the first 10 is God's. First 10%. And I think that's pretty generous of him. 10% for God, 90% for us. We should give from what we have rather than complaining about what we don't have. God wants to give cheerfully and generously. And our generosity is a, is a testimony to the world that the Holy Spirit lives within us. It's a way for us to show thanksgiving to, those, to God for all that he's done for us, all that he's provided for us. It's amazing. And giving, as we read in verse 12, is a double blessing. It reminds, it blesses the giver and it blesses the receiver. Remember the farmer in the beginning of the scripture says seeds that, uh, the, that God provides, he provides if we are responsible and plant that seed and give that seed, if we sow generously, we will reap generously. If we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. We cannot have an abundant harvest if we skimp on the seeds that we sow and what we're willing to sow. One of my favorite verses of scripture is in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, and it says this, give and you will receive, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and pouring out into your lap. <laughs> See, if we give, God blesses and gives back. And he said, the amount that you give will return, uh, will determine the amount that you get back. <clears throat> Several years ago now, my, young, uh, my youngest son, he, he, um, he made me a birthday cake. I love apple soft cake with raisins and nuts and 
I think they're walnuts. I'm not sure. But I know it has raisins. And, and so my wife was helping him, and she must have walked away. And so he, she said, fill this cup up with raisins. So he had a little cup, and he, he filled it up, and then he pressed it down. Filled it up, pressed it down. Filled it up again, pressed it down. It was like he was a compactor. <laughs> when it was all done, and the cake was done, <laughs> you, could, you could hardly cut it because there were so many raisins in it. It was delicious. It was probably the best cake I ever had. <laughs> but that's what God wants to do. If we trust in him, if we sow generously, he will, we will reap the harvest. You know, we can never be afraid to sow. So, in closing, I'd like you to do this. I, for those of you that aren't either watching or for those of you that are here today and this whole idea of giving is really stretching you and sowing in others and here's what I'd like to do I'd like you to test the Lord I'd like to try it out I'd like you to, when the Lord has spoken to you either about the commitment card that you're going to be filling out shortly or or maybe somebody's just on your heart that you feel like you need to give to. I'd like you to give that and then share about what God has experienced in and through you after that. I really believe that when you're led to give, that that's when you experience God's blessing. So do me a favor. Share your story with me this year. Maybe this week you want to try something. Maybe you want to give a little something special or sow kindness or sow generosity or, or show forgiveness. Whatever you sow, God will show you favor. And then share your story with us at the staff. Share, share with me or Pastor Ricky. We'd love to hear from you. So, Earn all you can, save all you can, and if you do that, you'll be able to give all you can. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we are the channels that you use to bless the world. Help us to bless others this week. In Christ's name I pray.